Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Curtis and I will be here Monday through Friday talking the Cats on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, which is brought to you by Nick Ratliff, Realtor, we're going to be breaking down Benny Snell. Kyle had an extensive piece. What was the word count, Kyle? I think 3,200 some words. That's a pretty lot of words. Uh, <laughs> a lot of words. I think it's the one of the longest stories I've ever written. We're going to talk a little bit about that, then we're going to give our over-unders, and then we're going to make game predictions for Kentucky versus Texas A&M. I got Kyle fresh off a fine bomb appearance, so we're going to have to live up to that kind of hype. But Nick Ratliff, Realtor, we're going to tell you a little bit more about him in a bit. But Kyle, let's start with your Benny Snell story. And this is the obvious question hosts love to ask people when they write stories that are this extensive. What is your favorite part of your adventure up to Westerville, Ohio, that you had to cut? Because even though the story was long, you can't give Benny's full life tale in that. Oh, favorite uh, favorite thing I had to cut? Hmm, it was so long. <laughs> I don't know what if I felt like I left anything out that was good or not. Gosh, I'm trying to think. I know his mom mentioned uh, that he's got a couple more mouthpieces to show off. Okay. Which I'm a little disappointed by because I think the the spinner one is the cool the cool one. Um, oh well, one thing I didn't actually one thing I didn't put in there was I asked him I asked Benny about you know he talked about how he kind of is shocked people keep poking the bear and that uh, if you're going to talk that mess you better back it up because he's bringing it. Uh, I asked him about when he, how, if he realized in the moment or after the play was over that he had decapitated the Florida guy who had, who had kind of come at him earlier in the week. Uh, and he said, uh, when I got up, I looked at him, I could tell by the look on his face that he was dazed. And I was like, oh yeah, that was you too. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and I said, what did you say to him? And he said, I don't want to say it. It's kind of gruesome. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that didn't make the story. I, I guess I would, I'd say that's probably the, the, the best little anecdote that didn't make the story. And I actually meant to put it in. So you, you just reminded me that I forgot. Well, good thing it, it, or we would have had to gone over 3,300, which would have even been a bigger record for you. But exactly. The, the couple of things, and I was, I was going to feel bad because I already copied and pasted the, this stat out, but then you went ahead and tweeted it. So don't feel bad sharing it you know, without the athletic uh, subscription, but you you had the line the top nine running backs on the recruiting list, four and five stars, have a combined forty rushing touchdowns, and Snell has that many by himself. When you started researching, how far did you think you would get into that list before you would get to the same number as Benny Snell, and then you were surprised yeah, that, you had to yeah, get to nine? That yeah, that's exactly the the, the thought exercise there. So I'm like, okay, he was the 56th ranked. This is the 247 rankings. He was the 56th ranked running back in the class of 2016, which is wild to think about now. Just I mean, I, I I'm curious what I didn't want to spend the time to go through all 55 guys, uh, but you know I wanted to start at the top of that list, the top guys, because those are the guys that you know these schools that overlook Benny were taking. And just see, you know, just start going down the list and looking up their career college stats and see, you know, I I thought it would probably be like, I don't know, five or six of them, maybe, because I knew I I didn't think anybody on the list that had like a huge career yet. But no, I didn't think I'd get to nine. That was that was wild. The top nine ranked running backs in the class of 2016 when Benny was number 56 
have the exact same number of touchdown runs in college as Benny by himself. That 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 was that to me was really a doozy uh, of a stat. And then the other one was just me sort of elaborating on the SEC Network or ESPN stat from the, over the weekend about uh, the only handful of guys in SEC history who had more touchdowns before their senior season than Benny's forty, and it was you know it was I went to look up what all those guys had done and. Uh, it's four Heisman winners and a Heisman runner-up who won the Doak Walker Award twice. So are the only only five guys ever in SEC history who have more than Snell has uh, before their senior season, and he's not done. I mean, he's going to have seven regular season and a bowl game, uh, you know, so probably eight more opportunities. And Herschel Walker is number one on that list with 49 rushing touchdowns before he got to his senior year. I mean, that's very much within reach for Benny. And so just the company he's keeping – uh, the numbers he's putting up are are pretty amazing, and and sort of to that point, I, one of the funnier things that I couldn't I couldn't tell as I was writing it and how people would read it and if it would read as funny as it was in in person. And I had told you about this guy just talking to you off air, Curtis, about his Benny's Pee Wee coach, mm-hmm. who sounds like kind of like Cedric the Entertainer, and and he's he, he was getting all worked up because he's an Ohio State fan and he couldn't believe Ohio State didn't uh, offer Benny and talking about how he was too slow and he said not too slow to get in the end zone and there's a bunch of fast dudes that ain't got one touchdown uh, <laughs> and he said do you get it what is fast for if you can't get it done G I D baby get it done Benny gets it done he was just like getting so worked up and and as I was writing that I was like that quote, I was trying to decide if people were going to be able to sort of hear that in their heads in the funny way that it was said. But, but to that, that's sort of the point. Like you look, it's, it comes down to production. Uh, the big knock on Benny and a big part of that story is too slow, too slow. That's what Ohio state and a lot of big 10 schools said too slow, but he's, I mean, you're looking at a guy who you're saying he's too slow, but he's, he's got 4,500 yards and 56 touchdowns his last two years of high school. He's producing, you know, too slow, but he's got 3,000 yards and 40 touchdowns in, in two and a half seasons in college. Um, at the end of the day, it's a production-based business, and, and really very few people are more, have been more productive since, since Benny Snell came to college than he has. Also, I kind of like the little bit of insight you gave, and this, is, this isn't giving anything big away in the story, but the, the whole Mark Stoops and Vince Merrill, how basically all they had to do to – kind of lock up the commitment was know the Snell's family name. Know and, his name. Yeah, yeah. because because when they went to Ohio State, they, they were just a number on a sheet of paper. It's kind of crazy how simple recruiting can be sometimes. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about their visit and what sort of locked it up for them, that was the thing. They went to a camp in, in Columbus, and it was like, oh, you're a running back? Okay, stand over there. You know, nobody needs, they said, they said nobody called us by our name. And they, the minute they walked in the, onto the field in Lexington, Vince and Mark are there saying, "Hey, Mr. and Miss Snell. Hey, Benny. What's up?" You know, and 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 really kind of treated them uh, like family. And and on the drive home from that 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 camp, that was it. That was that was uh, Benny decided right there on that drive back to Columbus that he was he was going to play for Kentucky. So that Ohio State's loss, and 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 I point out in the story, it's. I don't know how much of a loss it is for Ohio State because they barely ever lose. They're ranked number three right now. Uh, they've only lost four games since Benny Snell went to college. They're not exactly crying over not having Benny Snell, but they don't have. They also don't have a running back on the roster who's as good 
or as productive as Benny Snell. And the two guys they signed in that class, one has four carries this year, uh, and the other one has already transferred the two guys they signed instead of Benny Snell at running back. So we're talking a ton about what's in the story, but there's a ton more yeah. in there. It's a, it's a really long story. I think the my favorite thing about it is the picture that I write about and, and included in the story, uh, which I could not believe existed. You know, we're talking about this Ohio State snub with his family, and his mom slides this picture across the table of ben, little Benny Snell in a like exact replica Ohio State Buckeyes uniform with the silver helmet and everything. And uh, that 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 was a very sort of telling picture in the in the story of Benny Snell. Yeah, and I think it's uh, kind of crazy in like an alternate universe how if Benny had go- somehow caught in Ohio State's coach's eye and he got there and he is able to do not even all the stuff he's done in Kentucky but just having a successful season what that uh, interpretation of that picture and how different it would be because it would be this cool thing this kid's been been in love with this school for life yeah Yeah, and, and instead it was the main motivation for a good portion of his college career yeah and and but the other side of that is a lot of people around him kind of wondered on out loud or under their breath like Probably he still would have been as good, but like, would Benny have been as good if he didn't feel so slighted? Um, I don't know. I mean, he seems like to me the kind of guy who would have found a slight anyway. He would have found some the type of person who seeks those out. But I don't know that you could find a slight that would would dig at someone's core as powerfully as the the school in your hometown, the place you desperately want to play for, just really not giving you the time of day to the point of not even knowing really knowing your name. That was a gift wrap motivational tool for a kid with the personality of Benny Snell. I wonder if uh, Stoops and Marrow send like Christmas cards to Urban Meyer and the staff <laughs> and just say, thank you so much. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Yeah, I think they'd probably rather just stay under the radar and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and not draw attention to the fact, uh, Ohio State's attention to the fact that a lot of the guys that Ohio State didn't want and Kentucky did have panned out really well uh, in the toughest league in the country in the SEC. We're going to jump into our over-unders in a minute, but first I wanted to tell you about the title sponsor of this episode. Buying or selling a home is a huge process and not something you want to do alone. You do not want to go through it without someone to guide and protect you each step of the way. Nick Ratliff with Better Home and Gardens Real Estate Cypress is the man for that job. Nick is a lifetime resident of Kentucky, so he knows the area and shares your values. He loves for his clients to benefit from technology, but never loses that personal touch. Check out their website, bdnhomes.com. Oh, did I mention Nick is a University of Kentucky graduate? Twice, actually. And a lifetime Kentucky fan. Maybe that's why he went back for that second time at UK, to get access to those cheaper student tickets. If you're looking for a home or ready to sell, check out bbnhomes.com or call 859-429-SOLD. That's 859-429-7653. Don't buy or sell a home without talking to Nick. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Over-unders, I went back and listened, so I'm pretty sure this is correct, unless I just misheard. I think you went 1-2 and two last week, and I went 2-1, and one, so we are back to being tied. Dead even. Yeah. Wow. You were wrong. We were both wrong on Benny Snell's touchdowns. We both went over, and he only had the one. I was right on the Josh Allen sacks. He had three. You said he would would only get one. And then we were both correct on Jake Bentley going for under 260 passing yards. He actually was under 150, only had 148. 
So we got some new over-unders this week. I'll just read them all off, and then we'll go through them here in a bit. One that's kind of a stat that everybody's talking about is third down conversion. A&M leads the SEC, only allowing opponents to convert 25% of the time. So I set the over-under at 35% for the Kentucky offense. The next over-under is Cash Daniel with four and a half tackles. Now that's kind of fun because he's only going to be playing a half, so we'll see We'll see what he does. And then finally, how many times little Benny Snell in that Ohio State picture we referenced earlier is shown on the broadcast during the game? So we'll start with the, the straightforward stat one, the third down conversion. Will Kentucky be able to convert on more than 35% of their third downs, Kyle? Ooh, I'm going to say under, and that doesn't necessarily mean I think they'll lose. I just think, I think, you know, it might be right at a third, like 33%. But, I, you know, I think it'll be a little above what the average A&M's given up, but, uh, not, but not higher than our uh, or over under. I think they're going to, because that A&M defense has been so stout in the running game, uh, I think Benny will still get his. I think Benny and, and Terry will probably break some runs. But I think there's going to be it's going to be one of those sort of chip 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 you know and then hope to break through kind of things. I think they're going to run into a wall uh, on several plays and and especially running trying to run on first down. I think there's going to be a lot of times where Kentucky's maybe playing behind the chains a little bit in this game and making those third downs tough. And if you get third and long, can you know can Terry Wilson can he convert with his arm? I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out on how effectively he can do that especially in a a pressure situation like that. So I guess I'll say under. Yeah, it's an interesting one because the Kentucky has a pretty high, and I can't find it right now. I looked it up earlier, but lost. It has a pretty high third down conversion rate going to this point in the season. But as many have pointed out, the reason is because of the running game and the fact that they've ran it successfully on first and second. So third down short, and it's not that tough. So that's going to be kind of, potentially flipped on his head considering how good the Texas A&M run defense is. I'm going to go over, but just barely. It'll be over 35, but under 40, I think. So I'm going to be cutting it close. But I think Terry Wilson, he's just, I'll I'll say I kind of agree with you where you're at. About 33 or so would be kind of the baseline where it should be in theory. But Terry Wilson's escapability, I think he's, going to be ready to go and he's going to run for a couple when he has no business doing it and that's going to send him over the top and be able to get a little bit past that 35 percent their their season average by the way they're fourth in the sec 47.5 percent conversions that's pretty good alabama 60 percent. <laughs> that's ridiculous oh, everything about alabama statistically is ridiculous i think every yeah i agree that there should be separate statistical categories and it just be other than bama and then, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, they're 12 point. They are 12 points higher than the number two team. Missouri's number two at 47.7 and Alabama's at 59.7. Goodness gracious. Anyway, moving back to Kentucky. OK, the second over under cash, Daniel, four and a half tackles. I went slightly over his. Obviously, I took his average per game, halved it, and then I kind of made that the line. But then I bumped it up a half just to kind of make it interesting He's averaging right around six, almost seven tackles a game, so I made it four and a half. But, but Kyle, I mean, a lot of people are under the impression that he'll, he's just going to come in and go like a wild man, and I agree with that, but do you think he's going to get more than four tackles in this game? Yeah, I think over. I, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe right at five. 
I suspect that Cash Daniel is going to be the Tasmanian devil, I guess, <laughs> when he comes. I, I, I really hope that the broadcast is smart enough to do everything it can to get as much footage as possible of Cash coming out of uh, the halftime locker room. You know, I, if I were them, I would want him mic'd up and uh, <laughs> followed from the locker room all the way through the tunnel, and, and just all of it. I, I want all of that coverage, um, even if they can't show it until, you know, the, a, an SEC network feature on Monday. Uh, I need to know what Cash Daniel looks and sounds like when they take him off the chain, <laughs> as it were, at <laughs> halftime. I, think he's, I just think he's going to be... A, a ball of of energy and uh and that's going to probably carry him and he, and he just he plays a position more than anything i mean all of this stuff and it comes to like uh how much does hype and trash talk or whatever play a role motivation whatever whatever a lot of it is talent meeting opportunity and at middle linebacker he's been really good at making tackles and he plays a position where a lot of them get funneled to him so uh i, I think i think five is a number he can get to yeah, because in the South Carolina game, he had exactly five, and he played a little bit of the second half, obviously, but it was pretty close. In the Mississippi State, he had seven, so if you're going off that, it would have been under if you would have halved it. And I think he is going to come out crazily with a bunch of energy, and is, as you said, it's going to be funneled, and, and A&M likes to run it, so they're going to be coming at him, and I think he's going to be up to the task, and he's going to get about five or six in the game. So I will go over as well. We will wrap with, <laughs> this is my favorite one, and I think you told me that you forwarded this picture to ESPN. That's that's allowed to be public knowledge, right? Uh, no, not this one. Susan Lax had mentioned that they wanted another picture. Oh, uh, I had sent her a bunch of the pictures from the trip. Uh, I think it was of the uh, of the staircase. Do we? I, know? I, I visited the. I mean, I'm. I would be really surprised if they don't use this, but okay. uh, the 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 one you're talking about. But they, I think they wanted something with the uh, staircase at the uh, Hoover Dam in Westerville, where his dad uh, had him run and train as a kid. I got some pictures of that. I went out there and ran the stairs and had a new appreciation for that training regimen for a middle school kid because I went up and down twice and my. Uh, I think I lost both hamstrings, but. Uh, but no, the, the the picture you're setting the over under on is the one we talked about already. The yeah, Benny in the Ohio State Buckeyes uniform as a ten year old. Yes, that's what um, I have written down. Yeah. What? And we've got it set at what two and a half? Yeah. So it needs to be three. Let's set it a little high. I don't know if they'll. I, I'm going to go under. I don't think. I don't think they'll show it three times. Uh, I mean, if they were playing Ohio State, it would be like twelve. But I, I I'm going to say under. I bet they show it twice. Real quick mention, most people that are huge football fans might know it, but Susan Lax is one of the people in the communications, media relations department for UK football. So that's why that's who you mentioned there, and that's who you'd be sending its stuff from. The other thing that kind of hurts it that I just looked up real quick was Ohio State plays Indiana at 4 o'clock. So I was thinking in my mind it might go over if they have another prime time and they're like doing the cutbacks, you know what I mean, where they're giving updates right. from – if that was the case and they were giving updates from an Ohio State game during kind of the Kentucky game, they would might show it one more time. But since now, since I know you gave them other pictures and that the the running up the stairs is one of the more interesting parts of the story because that if you you tweeted out the picture, that's an, an intimidating staircase. 
<laughs> to say the least. Yeah, 98 steps. <laughs> and, I, and I say 98 in the story, but there's actually another, to get to the steps from where the picture is taken, there's like another like 31 steps. So you, you go up, up one little set of steps to a platform and then you then the, the main big set of steps is 98. So I, I didn't clarify whether he had to run all of them and that counted as one or not. Uh, but either way, even just the 98 steps right up the side of the, uh, the dam there was, uh, it was, it's, it's no, no joke. It's, it is, uh, and like I said, I'm, I was sore for like three days after it. <laughs> all right. And I went up twice with no weights. Well, we are all, it's not surprising, even though you work for the athletic, we're not as athletic as Benny Snell. That's so, true. I'm the, I'm the unathletic for sure. So we'll go, I'll go under two. So that means we'll wrap it up. We both stay over on Cash Daniel Tackles, four and a half. So we will have five or more. We both say under two and a half times that the little Benny Snell in Ohio State gear will be shown. And that was at two and a half. And then I say Kentucky will have a higher than 35% third down conversion rate on third down. And you say under. So there we go. Another fun week. In just a second, we're going to talk about the game, break it down, and pick some winners. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there to in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in a section and row of your choice to make things even better. Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. What is the most important matchup in this game, Kyle? I think Feinbaum asked you this similar question. Yeah, I, mean, I think you said what was the sort of the, the key thing about it. And to me, it's just, it's this is very sort of simpleton response, but I think it really does just boil down to this. It's it's the best running back in the SEC against the statistically number one run defense in the F- SEC. And because Kentucky is so run dependent offensively, that is just that the, the game comes down to that. I mean, they can't get lit up by Kellen Mond, who's a very sort of a sporadic quarterback. He's had some huge games and some really underwhelming ones, uh, and they can't let Travion Williams, the league's second leading rusher, uh, get going on him. But they've done a nice job bottling up uh, players like that in the past, or at least in the recent past of this season. But it, to me, it's just can, can they get the running game going against a really what looks like a really stout run defense because if not, I'm not sure I, I believe Terry Wilson as a passer is ready to go to Texas A&M uh, and sort of shoulder that load. If they get in a situation where they've got to throw the ball, throw the ball to have any success, I think that's, that's a bad recipe. I think it, when they're in situations where they're running it great and they can catch teams a, a handful of times a game in the passing game off of that running success, that's ideal. When, 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 you, when it becomes all about the only way we're going to move the ball, it looks like, is throw the ball. Uh, I think that's when turnovers come and, and everything kind of falls apart. So 
you know, this is a great opportunity for them, but especially for Benny, if he really wants to be in this Heisman conversation, if he goes and puts up a big number on the number one run defense in the league, uh, one, I think Kentucky wins. I think if, if Benny's, you know, 125 yards or more in this game, uh, they're probably winning. Uh, I think if he gets shut down, they're probably losing. Yeah, the, the couple things that I've heard from people who broke down the Bama game, which is something that a lot of people are pointing to, you know, Bama didn't run for that much against A&M, and that's impressive no matter how you slice it. But someone did say, and I haven't seen the game in its full context, so I'm not 100% on this, but I guess Bama was just able to throw it wherever they want, and they just let it let Tua just toss it around the yard, and maybe that's why they didn't rack up as many run yards because they were scoring so easily through the air that they weren't concerned about the run game. I'm not 100% sure if that's true or not. Um, well, but, they only had 28 rushing attempts so, yeah. uh, in that game. Uh, you know, the rest of the season they've had Alabama's had over 40. They, you know, I think they average about 44. They average exactly 44 uh, rushing attempts per game in the rest in their other four games, and 28 rushing attempts against Texas A&M. So that's what 16 fewer than their average. I mean, they did hold them. I mean, A&M held them to 3.9 yards a carry. Uh, which is good. It was their lowest of the season for Alabama, but that's also not a total shutdown. You know, they they rushed 28 times mm-hmm. for 109 yards. You know, and and if Benny rushes for 28, goes 28 carries for 109 yards, we'll probably say he had a good game. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a, it is a little misleading, but I think but I think Texas A&M is a pretty legitimate no, um, run stopping defense. I was just uh, giving a little bit of devil's advocate. I think they are very they're very good at the run defense. And the other thing I'll say about Terry Wilson, which I think is going to be interesting to see, uh, you can't question his passing, and I think that probably is fair. We haven't seen an, have enough sample size to get a full gauge on that, but his running is just utterly ridiculous. And there are a couple plays against South Carolina where he had no business picking up a first down, but he did. And as I said earlier with the third down conversion, I think he's going to do that a couple times. And while maybe his passing might not be perfect, I think he'll be able to make up for it just a little bit with that running ability. So I think it's a huge matchup, but I think Kentucky could negate it just a little bit, uh, kind of with some some other things that they have going for them, specifically Terry Wilson's speed. So let's make the game predictions, Kyle. I'll go first. Okay. I normally make you go first. Okay, I, think, I like that. You go first. Well, I already picked it on Big Blue Insider, so I'm just going to stick with that. And it was... I'd heard what ended up happening. We had Chris Doring of the SEC Network on, and he said a lot of positive things about Kentucky, and I kind of bought all the way into everything he was saying. Got swept I, up in the moment. I, yeah. I did to a certain extent, and he was making great points about some some flaws that A&M has, and I think Kentucky's going to win. And then I, I kind of got that reinforced in a little bit because I was listening to some, doing opposition research, listening to a podcast from A&M, and they were talking about how their one of their tackles has had some troubles in recent weeks, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, Josh Allen is just gonna have Mond all night, like just get him all the time." And I was all the way in, but I think Kentucky's gonna win. It's gonna be close. But I, the Arkansas game is just stuck in my head because I, I watched a, good, yep. a little bit of it, and A and M did not look good, and Kentucky has looked so good, and I'm gonna stop overthinking these things and just accept that Kentucky football is really good this year. And I know it's a hostile environment, but I think Kentucky's gonna win by about a field goal. Yeah, uh, that won't surprise me. Like, I, it will absolutely. I, I am surprised to be saying that I would not be surprised if Kentucky goes to Texas A&M and, and wins, because I don't think that's how I felt really at any point in a long time about Kentucky football. That that they have a very good chance to go get that win. 
I hate to like play the part of continuing to be, well, you got to prove it to me one more time. Uh, but this is another sort of new thing. Okay. So, and they had it a little bit last week. So, so, but they weren't on the road. The idea of handling success. Kentucky has had that chip on its shoulder. Benny Snell's been able to have that chip on his shoulder for a long time about disrespect and, you know, all those things. Now it's starting to turn. Now they're starting to all the all of it is just about positive. Everything they're hearing about themselves is positive. You know, these the ranking is is uh, you know in rare air for them. Uh, Benny, you know, I just wrote thirty two hundred words about how great Benny Snell is, and a lot of other people are, are talking to and talking about Benny Snell, um, and he's hearing about the Heisman. They're hearing about you know having a dream season. Can they be? Can they win 10 or 11 games and go to a New Year's Day Bowl? And How will they handle success? And, and yes, they did handle it last week, but they were at home, and it was a great sold-out crowd. How will they handle feeling good about themselves if they go into this hostile 100,000-seat stadium and get smacked in the mouth in the first quarter without Cash Daniel? I still have to see them prove something like that to me, that they can handle it before I'll buy it. Uh, I, I, I think whether they win or lose this game, they're going to have a really good year. I, I think nine wins is very achievable, and, and ten will not surprise me anymore. But I, I still – I've got to see them go do the sort of thing that they that – answer the kind of challenge that, that I think is a very real challenge they'll face this weekend before I'll believe it. So I'm going to say they lose a close one. I'll say uh, – Texas A&M 31, Kentucky 28. I mean, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna give Texas A&M a game, and I won't be shocked if they win it. But I, for now, I'm gonna pick a loss. And uh, I guess I'll give a quick score prediction. I'll go 24-21, Kentucky in the win. And I was joking with Dick Gabriel that he better make some evening plans because the way these teams want to run the ball, he might be in for about a two and a half hour game which i know he would like which is beautiful yeah um kyle let everybody know where they can follow along with your coverage at the athletic uh online or the athletic app which is awesome you should have that and also on twitter at kyle tucker underscore a t h as an athlete you can follow me at curtis birch b-u-r-c-h quick plug uh my other podcast wildcat country i just interviewed uk qb commit nick scalzo that is up on my timeline or you can find it at kentucky wildcatcountry.com be sure to be following at locked on uk on twitter and find locked on kentucky on facebook be sure to check out bbn homes and talk to nick ratliff if you are selling any kind of home or in the market to buy one. thanks so much for listening to locked on kentucky we'll talk to you soon 